This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. I talked to Penny here about this group I'm part of. And after I saw what you did at Frankenstein's, I I wanted you to join. I I thought that your skill set would be perfect for this. And the Pequod exits from this whirlpool to a beautiful star-filled sky. Ahead, you spot an island, its center seemingly made up of massive trees. As you draw closer, you see that the trees contain a network of tree houses made from all types of materials. You guys made it! Welcome to the hideout of the Green Hood. Let me take you to meet our leaders. They both want to meet you. The night is warm and humid as you follow Agatha up the path from the beach, where Millie has instructed the crew of the Pequod to rest and wait for further instructions while she accompanies you. Lights twinkle in the trees at the edge of the forest ahead of you, and the distant sound of laughter and singing floats out towards you. As you enter beneath the canopy of trees, the air becomes cooler and cleaner. At first, your eyes focus on the path beneath your feet, but as you advance, your gaze drifts upwards and the sight catches your breath. Nestled into the trunks of the forest are small huts, like fairy cottages formed in the trees themselves. A wooden network of connecting bridges, floating pathways, and even zip lines link the homes on varying levels. At the heart of this forest village in the trees stands a massive oak with large stained glass windows shining with cheery light on what must be each level. As you near the entrance, you overhear a voice saying, Our dear Crusoe has been taken by that vile sheriff's men. We should prepare arms of bow and sword to bring him back home, for we ought to risk life and limb for him, as he has risked life and limb for us. But rounding the corner, you only see a half-elven woman by herself, with deep auburn hair seated behind a large desk. In her arms is a fox its black fur dusted with gray. As you approach, her eyes flick up towards you, and her deep blue penetrating gaze focuses on each of you in turn. She leans forward, allowing the fox to jump lightly off her lap and scamper towards you. It sniffs each of you interestedly as it weaves among your legs. Agatha gestures toward the four of you. My lady? 
These are the adventures I was telling you about. Bertram, Penny, Millie, and Awen. <coughs> oh, oh, sorry. And Ishmael. Sorry, little guy. You are so welcome here. I am Marion. A small smile teases the corner of her mouth. Uh, yeah, Bertram would instantly bow, uh, n- thinking that he's in. If this is supposed to be the leader, then yeah, he definitely wants to show respect. H- hello, uh, Madam, Madam Marion. Uh, my name is Bertram, as as uh, was told to you. But I'm I'm sorry. Uh, were we interrupting a conversation? I don't. Who who are you talking to? All this time, Marion has been sneaking glances at the fox, and barely concealed laughter is playing upon her lips. Behind you, all of a sudden, you hear, Ugh, I'm starving, and you guys didn't even bring bacon? In the place of the fox, you see a half-elven woman with short, voluminous salt-and-pepper hair and a sprinkling of crow's feet crinkling at the corners of her laughing eyes. (laughs) And this is Robin, Marion chuckles. Well met, you guys. I was going to pet the fox, and <laughs> not, don't do that, I guess. <laughs> so the fox turned into this into Robin. Yeah. So what you see okay, is uh, okay. this is a were fox. Awen says, "My goodness, you did you are, are you are you a, are you a druid? You just turned into a fox." <laughs> No, I am not a druid. We do have, uh, well, you'll you'll meet him pretty soon, Friar Tuck. He he is a, a druid himself. But no, I I'm a <laughs> I, I'm a werefox. Uh, not really many of us, but yeah, I I can basically go. I'm I'm not limited like those. Oh God, those jerks, the wolves. They have to go by the moon. We werefoxes, we can just do whatever we want. Pretty cool game. Pretty sweet. Very nice to meet you, and thank you for the accommodations. Uh, yes, you, thank, thank you for, for bringing us here. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to meet you, but um, I confess I don't exactly know why we're here or, or, or what we're doing uh, exactly. You guys are here because you were in the right place at the right time, but since you're here, I, well, even right before this, kind of sounds like... Well, maybe this would be a good fit for you. I'm sure Agatha's told you a little bit as in like, I don't know. What have you told them, Maggie? There's a struggle going on. And, well, at least I told Penny that. Penny, did you tell the others? While this whole conversation is going, Penny's kind of standing to the side, just like arms crossed, like clearly uncomfortable. And she just goes like, I may have said something. I don't remember. Yes, this one's a real chatterbox. Uh, she, you won't get much out of her, unfortunately. So, um, maybe you could tell us what this is. Are we applying for a job here, or, 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 or what is this exactly? What, what do you people do here? Who are we? Well, we we decided to call ourselves the Green Hoods. That Mary's cousin, you'll meet him around here somewhere. He, anyways, he is all about fashion, and so he like came up with these hoods for us. And then uh, in just one of these scrapes that we had with the other side, which I'll get to in a sec, they just like made this like super snide comment about our little green hoods. And we're like, let's take it and make it our name. So ergo, green hoods, that's who we are. 
are you all the leaders of the bunch? Are you, I mean, community pillars? Are you selling, making and selling green hoods? Because I know a thing or two about fashion and, and manufacturing. Marion, who's been just like leaning forward eagerly this entire time to listen to you, just you can tell like she is just enjoying this conversation so much because of just some of the awkward elements of it. I guess you could say both Robin and I are co-leaders. This started as a small operation and it's grown since then, but we are kind of just this two-part to it. Like uh, you could say she's the dagger and I'm the cloak, as it were. So we, we bring two sides to it, and that has worked so far in this struggle, and I think what she's trying to get at, sorry if I'm like overstepping you, but I, I will say this, like it, what we're trying to do is to see maybe if you would like to join us and if you'd be a, a good fit. This isn't an open offer to you. We're not automatically saying you're in. You know, you'd have to see if you want to be here, but also we have to see if you're a good fit for this operation. So I guess we're both filling each other out right now. I think you'd be pretty lucky to have us. I don't think that's in question. I think it's in question is, why should we join you? Why are you doing this? Like, what? Why should we believe you that it's this great fight? Yes, you think that you're interviewing us, but we're interviewing you as well. Right on, Birdie. Marion gestures toward Robin. Go ahead, take it away. Okay, and she definitely does one of those things where she takes a step back. You know those people who are about to tell a story and they actually have to like create space for themselves? So, our mission statement is that we want to protect people's stories. And I'm pretty sure Agatha told you that, but it's worth repeating. To get more specific in it, and since you guys aren't officially a part of this, I'll tell you what we feel safe sharing with you. But there is an underground movement, a a cabal, as it is, trying to control the world narrative, to create chaos so that they can come in and just take over. We don't know their real name, really. We tend to just call them Spotted Hand, because what we found with anybody that we interact with on the other side, they all have similar tattoos um, on the back of their left hand. And so they kind of look like these little red spots. But here's the thing. There is something called a book of lore. Not a lot of people talk about this, unfortunately, which is something that I wish more people knew about. Like if there were more transparency in the world, perhaps this wouldn't even be an issue. But this book of lore, it's where if you place a drop of your blood on the page, your life story comes onto the pages. And if this is in the wrong hands with powerful enough magic, that can be tampered with and information can be controlled. Not just like learning information about people, about their lives, but also perhaps even changed on the page. And we don't know what effect that would have. So in essence, the other side's trying to find it. And well, I guess we're going to have to steal it first to keep it safe. So our job is right now, we're, we're trying to search for it and find some kind of a map so far it's we haven't found anything but we're trying to sabotage the other side and get this map so we can keep it safe and out of their hands so we need 
we need to find a map to then find a book that has people's blood in it, which is their stories. And then there's some people named the spotted cabal that are going to be taking their stories and then making them changing them. I think what she's saying, Awen, is that this must be a first edition. Uh, uh, my, my family has many first editions and the very valuable high resale. Um, so it must be very uh, mint condition book and, uh, it sounds valuable. I'll give you that, but I don't. I don't see what all the fuss is about. It can, you know, people's stories in it. Okay, so what? What do you do with that? It definitely sounds valuable. It also sounds powerful. What? What's supposed to make us think that you would be responsible with this? Why? Why would you? Why are you the people who've earned the right to this book? We don't want to keep the book. Like we just want to keep them away from it. So. We so have you to say find now. out where it's at and then fortify that. So you say now. How are we supposed to trust that? I don't know how you're going to trust that. What I'm hoping is maybe you'll start to trust us. Well, I mean, Penny, uh, I agree. I don't know these people at all. It sounds like they're looking for it with or without us. If we decide to become a part of this team, then maybe we can be a part of the good side and and make it good, but I, I agree uh, with, with Penny. We, it sounds like we just landed on your side. We could have easily landed with these other people, and would they be saying the same thing about you? You did have a brush in with the other side. They got the whale in there, too? On, on the spotted <laughs> hand? <laughs> they oh have God, the whale on their team. Oh. All right, so the first person that you met of our whole operation was Agatha. We had gotten intel that this Frankenstein was aligned with the Spotted Hand. And so we sent her there to just do some reconnaissance, get, get in on his side, become part of this crew that's building up this weird machination of whatever he was working on, and then continue to send back intel as much as they could. It was only like, halfway through that she started to realize what exactly he was up to. And I think the three of you might have seen firsthand. So you're saying this is some kind of big syndicate cabal of evil that wants to control things. And you all are like freedom fighters and you're trying to free the information and free, make sure that everyone's safe. We're just trying to keep people having their own stories. We just don't want anybody to screw with it. I think, I think Bertram would, would look at Robin for a second, and then he would say, Robin, if that is your real name, when you're all alone, yeah? answer me this. When you're all alone, what makes you cry? And, I, <laughs> oh and then I'm gonna look, I want to look to my compatriots, and I want to whisper again obnoxiously loud, it's always a good tactic when interviewing someone to throw them off. You got to rattle them a bit to see what to see what they really are, who they really are. Penny like covers her eyes, but then also gives them a thumbs up. I take my thumb and I press it against her thumb, thinking that's how you high five. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I smash my thumb against her thumb. Does Bertram Just have a confused. thumb like a metallic, big metallic thumb? Yeah, I have like like uh, yeah digits Opposable that, that move. He's got it. Sure. Yeah. How is he supposed to do that mending? Without well, not like thumb. a panther, guys. Right. He exactly. actually has an opposable thumb that he can <laughs> exactly. use right there. The panther. That's right. Right. Yes. <laughs> I want to know who you actually are. 
And when I, if you could tell me who you are when you're alone with your own thoughts and what drives you, that might let me know who I'm hitching my wagon to as a leader of this group. That's fair. So That's I ask fair. you, so I ask you again, what makes you cry? Why do you ask it in that, like, register? That's the way I ask that... questions. I'm the one asking the questions now. That's fair. And I I, mean, madam, uh, madam, and I, I bow again, trying to keep a balance. I'm trying, I'm yeah, struggling to bow. keep a balance center. Oh my gosh. You guys deal with this day in and day out. I don't know how long the three of you have been together, but this is, this is a bit extra. Answer uh, the question, lady. Wow. I give the thumbs up again. This is the one time we're ever going to be on the same side. Maybe like, I'm suspicious too. <laughs> I'll leave you with this. What makes me cry is when people die when they don't have to. What sorts of people? All sorts of people. What are you talking about, Bertram? Like you cried for, for that wet demon whale? Yeah. So you do know the demon whale? No. So you cry for your, for your enemies when they, yeah. when they die? I think, I think Bertram would kind of shake his head. Actually, wasn't expecting that. I think he could, he could admire uh, that at least. At least he's intrigued in, enough to continue listening. What about you? I, I gotta ask. Okay, it's only fair. You guys are throwing darts this way, which I get it. You don't trust me. Big whoop. We've brought you into our secret hideouts. Come on, let's have a little share time. I didn't. That backfired. I didn't expect her to ask us the same question. I'm sorry. Penny just looks at Robin and says, what makes me cry is when good people are taken advantage of by bad leadership. And then she kind of just stomps off and she stands to the side a little bit. Still really huffy. You've been burned in the past. Yeah. That's fair. Trust is earned. You can say a lot of nice, fancy stuff. You could say a lot of lovely things about crying about whales. Trust has to be earned. It has to be shown. You can't just say nice, pretty things and then expect us to be on your side. How about you two? Unfortunately, I do not have the capability to release fluids, so I have never actually cried tears, but I still am able to feel sad, and what makes me sad is not having a purpose. I am an envoy, as you can tell, not a normal robot, I'm sure that you're used to. Mm -mm. But we're all still built with a purpose. And I no longer have a purpose. I was built to serve the noble Featherfoot family, as I did for over 100 years. Oh, no years. way. Featherfoots? You know the Featherfoot family. Oh, my. Seriously, you gotta meet Hugh. He's, he's annoying, but he is all about them kicks. He's, he's <gasps> actually wearing a pair right now. There's oh total throwbacks, goodness. but... I told you yeah. guys! Oh my goodness! Oh my Hugh! Yes, I cannot. I don't, cannot don't wait get to. Him oh, this group, this just, green, these green hoods. I told you, I told you, I trusted these green hoods from minute one. I knew it. Um, but I served that family for over one hundred years, and unfortunately, none of them are left. And now I am left without a purpose, and I do not feel complete and whole without a job to do. I don't quite feel like myself without one. That's what makes me sad. 
Well, this conversation got real deep, real quick. <laughs> Again, sorry about that. Sorry and about that. Intimate. Uh, thank you for that, Bertram. Uh, well, I guess what makes me cry would be when people are discarded like garbage, thrown away amongst the trash and the unwanted. Well, this is this is becoming a, a just a sob fest pretty soon. I mean, I, I love how we're getting intimate already, and, and I barely know you guys and already feel so vulnerable. But look, you get off the island in three days if you choose. The portals, they open only every three days. In between then and now, you got this time to explore. You got this time to meet people and see if it's a good fit. And same for us. We're, we're kind of filling you out. If you choose not to join, that's okay. You can go. We're just going to have you sign a NDA and then let you go on your way. Because I can tell you this, the other side, they'll probably find you and they'll want to find out information about this base. Where is it at? How we are? Who we are? And we can't have that happening. So you guys will have, you know, the next three days. But tomorrow, you know, we're going to celebrate the fact that we had some victory over Dr. Frankenstein. The fact that we found out a little bit of what he was working on, even that little bit is something to get excited over. And we're going to have a feast and a tournament tomorrow. Heck, we would have an even bigger one, I promise you, if we had just found out more. If only we had gotten our hands on any notes or a journal or anything that would give us an idea of what the other side was working on or who was on the other side or the schematics of what he was working on. Anything. It's, I don't know what we would have found, but you know, there, there's strong enough evidence from even what you guys saw. He was building some kind of undead army. And uh, overpowered one, if I saw, because if he's taking people who are strong enough to make it through that maze and then make them undead at the strongest point and imbue them with more power, I can't even imagine what would have happened. So, yeah, we want to know anything. Awen, uh, give them give them one of those teeth. Maybe that maybe that would help. Give them you have you have dozens of them. You don't need them just rattling around in your pocket. Give them give them a tooth. I open my mouth and the all of the you put the teeth, teeth in you put those teeth in your replaced with uh, with these teeth. Oh shoot! <laughs> so Wait, you if, found those teeth and you put them in. You have a mouthful of dead tooths. And then I, uh, I I open I open part of my jacket and inside I pull out this satchel and on the desk I roll it open and it's a bunch of like alchemical supplies and there are some like teeth that are in progress. So I have this, I have like alchem- alchemist supplies and uh, I have the ability to like make potions and stuff like that. So what I do is I hollow out these teeth and then I fill them with like like one third of a potion or like one fifth of a potion. And then, you know, kind of like a la the Nazis and the cyanide cap- capsules, whenever I'm in battle and I need something, some juice, you know, I just crunch down on one of those teeth. Bertram is absolutely second guessing the company that he keeps with someone who just puts dead teeth in his mouth from corpses and a street child whose best friend is a rat. He Bertram is, is so on board. Ber- M- Millie, is yeah, like, Millie speaks up for the first happening? time. Like she, I, I just realized I've had Millie in the room with you guys this whole time, and I have not had her speak whatsoever. What makes you cry? <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm sorry>. 
<laughs> Millie, who is just who has been maybe quiet this whole time, uh, finally speaks up and she's like, "Hang on, did you take a halfling? Do halfling have the same size teeth as you?" Now that's just a question I have. Like, do- I mean, teeth are teeth. They might be a little bit small, but you know. Oh, Awen. That's oh, Awen. You just hollow it out a little bit more. Never respected you more. All I'm saying is, Mr. Bertram, don't get mad when you like think I'm throwing you a good berry, but it's actually three teeth that you crunch on for oh. a little bit of a health potion. All right. Hmm. No, noted. Hmm. Men- mental note: Never take a good berry from Awen. But please, do you do you have one? Do you have one untouched tooth that you could impart? There, there's he he was uh, etching on scribing these teeth and body parts with with celestial. Um, maybe there could be a help. Uh, I, I don't I don't know, but I know that Awen has plenty of teeth um, that aren't in his mouth that he well, could maybe give you. Mr. Bertram, didn't you get like some scraps of metal that had all kinds of sigils on them? Maybe I that did. could be more useful than the I, teeth that are in my face. You really want to hold um, on to those teeth. I like my teeth. <laughs> oh, yes, I found... I'm happy. I, I, I'm happy to give you teeth, but... I, I, I pull out some black pieces of metal and some other pieces of metal. Um, oh, yes, and I, I found these just lying around, completely clean, just in, in the... Uh, untouched, uh, luckily. Not nasty, like How like convenient. A-win. But yeah, look, take, a, take a quick look and see what you think. And I, I guess I would extend the, uh, the black metal that... I, 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 know, I know I grabbed some metal that was inside the uh in one of the halflings like i think i took it from his body because there was like ma- there was like some metal inside of its body mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. there was some metal i think some other black kind of like uh some black there was metal, metal um in, as I left in the, the workspace before it got destroyed yes so robin gingerly takes it from your hand and uh just hands it over to marion you can see just like this isn't like her her area but marion immediately just starts pouring over it and tapping along it and and paying very close attention and whipping out just this notepad from behind her. This this might help. I, I have no idea what to take from this, but maybe Firetuck can help me figure out a little bit more on this. All right, so just I told you about the Book of Lore. I guess it's worth saying, do you even know where you are right now? Well, that was my main question. I was kind of waiting for An the question answer period, but the island that we're on with the portals. Yeah, what, yeah. What's it? Yeah. What is, is it just called? The what? What is it called? What are we? Where are we? I mean, there's not a, an official name for it, but all right. I guess I'm gonna name drop here. So this, the, you guys will know who this. Like in in this world, you guys will recognize his name, but. You know the the Swiss family of sorcerers. Oh, the Swiss family. Yeah, yeah, the Swiss family. Yeah, I think like uh, Featherfoot was working with them for a little bit at the beginning, but yeah. So, anyways, this is this is basically like their vacation home. They they created like in the middle of they were trying to like figure out how to use pocket dimensions and then have it as a sustainable living space like you know you hear of like tiny homes well this is like a tiny 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 home no, uh, i've never so, never heard of a tiny home before oh, why would anyone yeah. want that you put it in the back of your truck oh. and six foot nine embarrassing yeah, yeah. so such a thing. 
<laughs> I mean, perfect for Penny and her mouse, but not for not for yeah, high but this class is, people. This is this is like one of the Swiss family's island uh, vacation homes, and so this is where me, the uh, your your dungeon master, will say like in this world. Uh, each of you will have heard of the Swiss family because they are a, um, just in, in, for this story purpose, they are a famous family of sorcerers, just a strong lineage of that. And um, they they specialize in like, as arcane adventurers, known for research in the field of like evocation magic, especially. And um, even transfiguration and looking at uh, planar fields of energy. So they're kind of like all-star celebrity um, engineers, but with magic. But wait, so wait, wait, hold on one second. Uh, this Swiss family, they built this island as a vacation home. Mm-hmm. How did you all come to inhabit this location then? Marion speaks up. I guess you could say I come from nobility, but I I, I grew up really hmm. well Ber- read. Bertram um, Bertram perks up. Just starts bowing again. Finally, <laughs> yes, bowing again. <laughs> you're part. You're part of the Swiss family. Uh, no, my godfather is part of the Swiss family, and so it it was nice to call in a favor and. Well, some of them, when they heard the story and they've helped us with our own research and development, they have found enough to be true that they wanted in. Of course, the only thing is we can't really disclose that because they're too high profile. And if that information got into the wrong hands, well, that could easily be taken advantage of. Anyways, we're currently in one of their bags of holding. We're a mini islands inside of this pocket dimension inside a bag of holding and two of the members of the family at all times have one of the double bags in their pocket so it's kind of a double authentication system it's worked i mean we've only been here a few months but it's been really good security so we're in a rolled up dimension inside of a bag of holding inside of someone's actual pocket yeah that's that's amazing. Someone from I the know, Swiss family. Right? Are, are the Swiss family here? Or are they Oh, no, no, they, they the don't. Park? Okay. But yeah, we called in a favor, and this is where we've been. You mentioned that with this spotted hand and looking for pieces of a puzzle or a map of some sort in order to find this book, first edition, I assume, how are you coming and going from this island are you jumping into a pocket dimension or are you riding in boats off of this island how do you travel to and fro typically how we go in and out um behind our main tree here that we are in there are there's a circle of standing stones and that serves as a point of um, exit and entry so every three days at a specific time that they let us know. Uh, it is open, and let me see what I have in my notes when I was designing this. <laughs> and then you have to throw flu powder down and say, diagonally. Oh, I thought you grabbed the rusty, the like uh, moldy old boot, and then you just fly out. <laughs> there you go. That's the how you do it. That's how you do it. 
So every three days, uh, they let us know the time that it will be open, and it stays open for three hours, and then that's it. So they made it pretty simple for us. Every three days, three hours. Hard to forget. Rule of threes. Smart. Mm-hmm. And you can just take that to wherever you want? No. They give us a specific point of entry as well and a point of oh. exit. So we have to make it to those coordinates. Oh, so there's a coordination, and when you step in, it takes you to a specific place. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. That's why it fit, because you guys had to make it to exactly where that whirlpool was going to, you know, appear, and then get through before it closed. It, I, I think that's, like, a good start, you know? We're, we're filling each other out, but why don't, the, why don't the four of you... Sorry, five. Sorry, Chameleon. Why don't the, the five of you go get some rest and heal up? You kind of look a little, a little worse for wear still, and... Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see you tomorrow at the feast, should you choose to attend. Awen walks out the door, ready to sleep. He's super tired. We just got done fighting a whale, and we got blown <laughs> into this island. <laughs> yeah. uh, and as he's walking out of, the, uh, out of the room, he says, Hey, Robin. And he turns around, and he goes in his mouth. He pulls out a tooth. And he like wipes it on his shirt, and he flicks it with his thumb over at, uh, at Robin. Don't say I never gave you nothing. And she transforms, jumping midair, and catches it in her little fox mouth. The three of you did not have (laughs) separate suites. You guys did share a, a large enough cabin where you weren't all like, cooped up and you had each your own bed in there uh you have that open floor plan that the swiss family has famously um and you even had a large kitchen in there and enjoyed it uh but you only were given one of the tree houses to sleep in wait so just to establish so we're like in one of those little huts that's like part of this huge network like tree house right mm-hmm. i was gonna say because the penny probably wanted to give wanting to have her own privacy, crawled up and slept on the roof, I would imagine, or in the branches. She would have found somewhere and nestled in a little bit. Again, cool? okay, yeah, we're, we're repeating that. Just uh, a little, little call back to the beginning of our Frankenstein I mean, adventure. She wants, she's a lady who loves her privacy, you know what I mean? She loves these two, but the truth is he is not sleeping and it freaks her out, and he's kind of meditating and that freaks her out. So she's, she's going to chill on the roof if she can't get a little privacy. She's very comfortable That's very in fair. that setting. So the next day, uh, the three of you are fully recharged. You had a long rest, um, kind of meandered as you needed in the morning. And so it's about brunch time, as it were. And as you wander down into the main wooded area of the glen, you see a feast has been gotten ready. And you see on the side varying woodland sports going on from archery to three-legged races to just hide and go seek and everything that you guys can imagine as a fun sport to play just at a a fun kind of think of like family picnics um, that's going on so it's just as the day is almost reaching um, its warmest parts uh, you see the hedgerows are green and flowers bedeck the forest floor 
daisies pied and yellow cuckoo buds and fair primroses all along the briery hedges. And apple buds are blossoming and sweet birds are singing. Even you hear a lark at the end of the morning time of the day. The three of you approach this and I'll say like this is a great chance for you guys to get an area to eat and the three of you to talk with each other before maybe fully uh, mingling with the rest of the revelry. Then Penny kind of circles up with the guys. Uh, Her demeanor is that of a teenager who doesn't want to be at the family picnic, but is secretly kind of enjoying it. So just that's kind of the vibe that she's going to be giving for the next couple of hours. Um, But she kind of wants, she's like, all right, let's circle up team, team meeting, leader speaking. Um, Okay, everyone, let's gather together. This is the leader talking to you all. All right, gather together, everyone. Here we go. No, 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 not you. I'm saying it. Penny, hold on a second. Hold on, a, a Penny A You're right. Come As over the leader, here. the most humble person here leads in humility. I will step back and let Bertram um, speak, unless unless you don't mind. If I I have something to share. Okay, no, go go ahead. As the leader, I grant you permission to speak. Go ahead, speak. All right. Again, leading in humility. Um, all right. We should talk. They clearly want info on Frankenstein. Um, we saw some weird stuff. They're looking for a map. Do we have anything? Do we have any info? And if so. Is this something we should be sharing with them? I'm, I'm still really on the fence about this. I'm open to helping. I'm still very much not interested in becoming a, a green hood. But like, what, what do we know? Is there anything we can share with them? I did get, I did stop and grab one of Frankenstein's notebooks. What? And, I, and he, uh, Bert, uh, Awen pulls out the tattered notebook from Frankenstein. Oh, and that is some just, good thieving. Well... I was really into kind of his whole aesthetic and vibe, aside from the like treacherous killing and murder, uh, just the whole, you know, engineering. Everything else, though, was peachy keen. Everything real cool. Mid-century modern feel. It was great. Um, But so, yeah, I I have this book. I don't know if that's... uh, what kind have, of I, in- I have I read it? I haven't had time to read it, have I? I guess maybe. No, you I, haven't no? really. Okay. But he had time to hollow out a ton of teeth and stick potions in them. Eh, you know. Priorities. It's a real Enneagram 9 priority situation. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Awen, uh, what, what's, in, what's inside of it? Can you, can you, is it up in the room or do you have it on your person? I'm, yeah, I'm holding it up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll, up, okay, we'll keep it, it put it down. Don't let them know that you have it. Let's, I, what's I what's, it what's in there? I put it. I put it back into my uh, in my jumper, and I kind of like open up. I open up the side of it a little bit to like kind of peek in, like I'm under the covers, and my like I'm not supposed to be reading this book. Um, and I read a little bit of it. The very first page you come to. Uh, f- at first, you you see what looks like a a recipe for bat soup? Question mark. Maybe something to come back to later. Uh, and then you turn the page again and you see this note scribbled in the upper corner of the page. And it says, you may easily perceive, WD, that I have suffered great and unparalleled misfortunes. I had determined at one time that the memory of these evils should die with me, but you have won me to alter my determination. Wait, so that was a, that was a letter. That, that was, was that a letter to, to Dr. Frankenstein? Yeah, I don't. 
WD. What was his lover's name? Didn't he say he had? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Man, maybe this was his side piece. You know, a little something strange. I mean, I, I clearly understood what it meant. But, like, what, what did you two think that meant? Did you two understand? I mean, I did. But I want to make sure you do as well by you telling me. Okay, well, I, think- I suppose that I, as the intelligent one here, the well-read one, will, will come forward and say it. And then, uh, Kate, can I roll for, for translation, maybe? Because I'm dumb also. Adam's dumb, but Bertram's not. <laughs> yeah, why don't, you, uh, why don't you roll an intelligence for me? It's like for Adam's uh, What was it? That was a, that was a four. <laughs> you're, oh. you know I mean, what? you're you know so what? confused. Like, is this, is this a letter or is this a journal? You're you're not quite getting like the genre of it, it, it but sounds- you are able to like um, note that he has um, the letters W and D as if it's a name and it's underlined. Mm. It, I relay it that. Did seem, yeah, it did seem like a, kind of a conversational piece. Maybe this was handed back and forth or something like that. It it sounded like. It, Do you it, think the spotty hands? Spotty Hand Committee, whatever yeah. they're called. What, what about them? hands? Yes. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking maybe this is one of their communiques. Hmm. Someone who's trying to, someone who is working with Dr. Frankenstein, someone else maybe who wrote this letter, or the letter was intended to, was a part of the Spotted Hand crew. Yes, that, 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 that would make sense. It could be. I mean, I, don't, I mean, back to, back to, Penelope's point, is this information that we should share? I, I don't... I, I think that they would find it valuable, but I think we all came into this agreeing that we only trust each other right now, and it would be wise to maybe keep it that way until we agree otherwise. So at that moment, you hear from across the green, um, you see ahead of you... Robin Hood, who's kind of just been sitting underneath this greenwood tree, stand up and hold aloft a goblet. And she uh, raises it aloft and says, here's to another blow at that spotted hand. If it weren't for Agatha, if it weren't for her compatriots, we wouldn't be here today this step further. So thank you. Well done, you guys. Let's drink and be merry. I look around. I hold a glass up in the air and take a big swig of it. Where'd you get that? It, you know, they had people walking around with little little trays and little uh, jalapeno poppers. You try them? They're, they were real good. Bacon. They could food. have poisoned it, Awen. We, do, do we already trust them? Here's the thing. Bertram, I mean, you are the one who already has poppers. dead teeth in your mouth. So apparently you don't mind what goes in your mouth these days. When I see a jalapeno popper... I'm going to jalapeno pop it in my mouth. It's all the same to me. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll, I'll take I your like word for so it, Awen. But, um... Penny I mean, just they shakes do... her head and she's like, distrust does not look good on you, Bertram. You're not very, you're not very good at it. Um, I highly doubt they would poison us with all the food they're eating. You never know. Some people can be very tricky. You, you, you know, some people are your friends, you think, and then they turn on you. I mean, there are all kinds of twists and turns inside Frankenstein's castle. You just don't know who you can trust. But 
They all do seem rather happy here, and they seem like a family. I mean, I've only known one family before, but it seems like that. Mr. Bertram, we all know you're trying to get adopted by some new rich family, and that. We, but I don't have any reason to trust these people. They told me what they cry about because of a weird question, and now I mean, I it know was a good question. To a fox. It was a good question. It rattled them. You saw. We all saw that. We all got rattled. Let's be real. And I think Awen's like kind of pissed that he had to go to that place about like kind of bringing that out of him. Penny, what do you, what do you think? You're, you're the most distrusting of all of us. What, what are you thinking here? Thank you for recognizing my expertise in the situation. It's really appreciated, Bertram. Um, I was going to say cold. Who, I was going to say coldness, but that that coldness. works too. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Um, as the person who's had the most experience with oh, the strongest term would be organized crime, right? But um, as family style community that works <laughs> together towards an end, right? We'll call it that. Um, looks can often be deceiving. Um, I realize that maybe there's something in me that is immediately distrusting, overly so. I don't want to just discount these people. What they're saying sounds good. I think we just need to see proof. We need to see proof that they're actually in this for the good of each other. Just people being happy and smiley. I mean, that's so what a is cult that, look that way. We, what is that going to take for you? Like, what, what do you need? What, what is it that they could do that would make you say, oh, yes, I'll sign up right now? What, 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 what would that look like to you? I want to somehow see or experience the fact that the leadership would put the, put their, lay their lives down for the people who are following them. I mean, that is you, what good leadership I, is. I mean, it sounds like that Agatha might be some kind of leader here, not the leader, but she certainly fought alongside us against Dr. Frankenstein and his little army of the undead. We've, we've yes. seen displays of it, and that we fought alongside them on the Pequod, They've been helpful, but their lives have been on the, line, on the line in those situations, too. And that's not knocking them. Good for them. Get out of there if they can. They left to go to that portal. They left us behind on that boat. Again, I don't knock them, but I haven't seen any proof that these people are really as selfless or, as, um, or aren't self-serving. I have no proof of that. So I just, we just got to talk to them. We just got to see. We got three days here. Why don't we, we beat the bushes? We see where we, what we can find out. And in three days... Penny, if you want to pull the ripcord, well, we'll just hop right out of this pocket dimension, up out into the bag of holding, or however the hell it works, and we'll go from there. Deal. All right. Mr. Bertram, does that sound okay to you? Yes, as the leader, I say that that sounds all right with me. (laughs) Penny just rolls her eyes and says, I'm looking for food and drink, and just walks straight off. Okay. So, Penny, you walk off and you're in search of food and drink and seeing what you can find. Uh, Awen and, and Bertram, what about you two? I, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go and chat with, I'm going to try probably and find this druid person or walk, I guess I'd just walk around and maybe find out what kind of games are going on, see what's happening <laughs> in this party. Okay. And in, pers- in pursuit of more jalapeno poppers and whatever other goodies you Many can. Jalapeno poppers as I yeah. can get. Okay. Yeah. And, he, and I think I would go look for the only person that I, that sounds interesting, at least that I want to talk to at first is Hugh, the person who um, was mentioned yes. who, who knows the, the Featherfoot family. 
so I'll start off. Uh, I'll start off with you, Awen. Um, so as you get up in search of whoever this druid could be, you hear the bane of just these, just the deep bane of hound dogs, like bloodhounds. Um, and the, it gets louder and louder and louder. And all of a sudden, you see just this small pack of these slobbery but cute and ears hanging down huge uh hound dogs uh come onto the scene and a voice is right behind them adam sweet lips adam bell throat adam beauty adam fangs and trotting right behind them you see this half elf uh with you know those, uh, the friar cuts? So mm-hmm. the, there's, a, there's an actual name for them. I looked it up. I'm like, is there a name for them other than just like the friar haircut? The friar and yeah. it's called a tonsure. So fun fact. Um, mm. So you see, you see this half elf with a tonsure haircut of brown hair, haloing his head, and these smiling, jolly green eyes. Um, and he's definitely got dad bod going on, right? Just a little bit, a little fleshy going on. And skin as pale as dough. But for all intents and purposes, he draws you in. There's just something about him. And he is following these dogs, which this is from the book. And I absolutely love it. So I have to repeat, like, the name, the name of these dogs is Sweet Lips, Bell Throat, Beauty, and Fangs. So you see him follow them up and they're all like just baying and excitedly surrounding him. And he's plucking some of the jalapeno poppers from one of the serving platters and throwing them for them to catch one by one. Yeah, I think I I walk up. So I'm just intrigued by this character. And I walk up next to him and I say, howdy, mister. Uh, My name is Awen. It's very nice to meet you. You have some interesting dogs. Interesting, yeah, I, I guess they're interesting. Uh, my name, for all intents and purposes, is Tuck. I guess, according to my old job, Friar Tuck is just stuck. Names kind of stick in this place. They love nicknames here, so. Friar Tuck ma- is me. You were a man of the cloth, huh? Mm-hmm, yeah. Still have faith, but... Have uh found some even better ways to make myself useful. Are you one of the new recruits? Well, I, I guess you could consider us a consider me a recruit. I uh, came here with. Uh, do you know Agatha? Yeah, Aggie. Yeah. Yeah, she. Uh, well, we came back. I guess you heard we were with uh, Doctor Frankenstein and. And we jumped on a boat, and now we are here. So uh, we're we're just trying to figure out who you green green cloak people are, and you know a little bit about who what you're up to. I gotta say, I have heard a little bit about you guys, and somebody's watching out over you. You have escaped death. I don't know how many times so far, and well, you live a blessed life, son. That is true. I would say that Sylvanas does shine down upon me, although I, we were at sea before, and uh, it seemed like some of the sea gods and goddesses were looking out for us during our pursuit of the demonic whale. But uh, what do you know of gods and blessings, man of the cloth? I, 
used to to be a friar, a you know a cleric type, but the more that I got to know those I worked alongside and being in the city, it actually I saw myself more so as a, a as that that would be communing with nature, but in in ways that you wouldn't see. So I left being a friar in the city and and I continued then onward being a druid in the city, if you can believe that. You're a druid. Mm-hmm. I myself am a druid. You look every bit a druid. I'm, <laughs> I'm not it surprised away? of that. I, it must be the green jumper. That is, it is quite the, the look you have going on there. Mm-hmm. Many times when I have met other druids, I, I didn't quite feel that I, I fit in with the typical structure of it. Don't get me wrong. I, I love being in the woods as I am right now. I love seeing the morning dew laying upon the grass. Mm. I love being beneath these greenwood trees and gazing up into the clear sky as it speckles through the leaves. But I also love just the rattle of steel and the clashing of swords and the ring of horses' feet on cobblestones. I, I love seeing a flock of pigeons strutting in the sun. I love seeing the high eaves of, of round towers. So I found a few other like-minded, and for lack of a better word, we, we consider ourselves a circle of, of civilization, as it were. Some have jokingly called us Iron Druids. Awen pauses and is confused and excited, I think, at the same time. And he says, I have never heard of the Circle of Civilization. I didn't know that was an option for me. Archdruid Waldo never mentioned that. uh, Well, I, I guess I always just assumed that we had to be out here in nature. I didn't know we could go into the cities. But in my heart, I mean, that's, well, that's what I want. Where did you learn this? Do you have a school? How can I ask you some questions? I sure would love to learn more about this. I would love to share that with you, son. Uh, why don't you come with me? Uh, my, my cabin's just up here. It's, you want to come with me and I could show you? I, I, I would love to. I would love that. Okay, so the two of you go up um, up the, the stairs that wind around the nearest large trunk, and you come into uh, what is definitely his home, which is kind of like this hodgepodge of a, a workspace and a living space, and it is just overflowing with different odds and ends and ephemera. So you can tell this, this guy is a little bit of a pack rat, a little bit of, of a hobbyist, and um, you, you see just bits and pieces here and there. And so as you enter, he's like, just make yourself comfortable. Feel free to look around. But um, yeah, let, let me find my notes. And so he ruffles through and he finds some stuff. And he's like, Here, here's a little bit of, of what we're doing. But it's, it's a, a lot of just autodidactic circling. Uh, we're, we're kind of sharing information with each other and, and finding ways that we can see the world of man not as a scourge upon nature. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a dichotomy of things that are man-made and things that are in nature, but seen as cities, even people as an extension of nature. So 
a city itself, even what you see there, like outside, a collection of people building into these trees, it's an ecosystem. And so we can, we can guide and protect those who live in the city. We don't have to be apart from them. I'm going to be honest with you, you're kind of blowing my mind a little bit. I'm going to really need to chew on this. I definitely want to learn more. And God, your workspace is really messy. But uh, it's a work in I, progress. I, I, but I like it. Yeah. I like no hate. You know, I'm not, not here to hate. I appreciate everything. Wow. Let me. Uh, yeah. Thanks. That's kind of unraveling everything that I based my whole druidic nature upon. And uh, wow. Thank you. Thank you, I think. Yeah, no problem. I, I would love to share with you. You know what? Let me, let me duplicate this real quick. And so you see him lay out a similar parchment and, um, you know, taking a, I guess you could say like a fashioned um, a quill type device. He taps it to the top of the page, holds it there for like 30 seconds, and he taps it onto the next page that's blank. And you see all of it appear on there. It's kind of like a copy of the notes. And he hands you the scroll. He's like, here, here are my notes. Uh, and we're kind of working with like new ways to do this. But um, I especially am, I would love to point your, your attention to this, this part here where it's about disguising yourself. Like you, you don't have to put anything on. You don't, you don't have to even um, change yourself, but you can alter your form if you need to, you know, humanoid as it were we, we haven't really gone so far as it but you probably already know how to change into animals so this will allow right, you to right. change your face which might be helpful it, it, you know it doesn't have Incredible. to be something bad but here in a crowd if, right yeah yeah i i started yeah. working on this when i was working with the homeless population in in a large city and you know sometimes it helped to change my appearance uh to really give them anonymity and to have them not see me as this, this religious figure at the time. Um, but the more I got to know them, the more I became with them. So it, it, it was a really great one, but yeah, it's, it's ongoing research. And if you are interested, we would love to have you. Maybe if you joined, we could work together to, to like continue this research and, and make this into something where we don't have to have nature and mankind and living in cities be separate i mean walk through any city and you'll see greenery and nature pushing its way through thank you tuck thank you anytime bertram as you are uh wandering along um maybe in search of you know who you've only heard the name hugh um you see i think i think what i would be doing if i'm all i have is as to uh is uh, as a lead is that he wears uh, featherfoots so i think i would just be looking at the ground almost just looking at people's feet mm-hmm. seeing where that guides me because i could spot a I can spot a featherfoot which is perfect so as your eyes are scanning the ground as you're walking you see sprawled in on the ground on the grass in front of you a pair of green, Lincoln green, to be specific to Robin Hood, <laughs> Lincoln green featherfoot shoes. And as your eye travels upward, you see um, just this long, thin and delicately built um, half-elf just lazily lounging on the ground, swirling some 
I'll say, I'll say he's swirling some mulberry wine. Pardon me, I, you're Hugh, aren't you? The only, and you are. <laughs> my name is Bertram, sir, and might I say your impeccable taste precedes you. Um, your reputation, uh, I've just heard so much about it, and obviously... I know everything I need to know about you by the shoes that you wear. Fine taste, sir, fine taste. A featherfoot oh, man, if I do oh. say so. Oh, well, you can tell a lot of per- about a person from what they wear and how fashionable they can be, so I'll give you a point on that. Oh, what? it's so wonderful what? seeing someone with style and fashion around here. Oh, I've been surrounding please, myself don't, with don't dirty yes. ears and, and dead teeth and to the left and right of me to see someone with, oh, fancy footwear like this. Oh, you have no idea. It's a sight for sore eyes, I assure you. So, who might you be? I came along here on the boat Pequod with, uh, I believe you know, Agatha and uh, Mm -hmm. Safi and Felix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we just met with your your leaders, Robin and Marion, and they were telling us a little bit about you and your crew. And I think it sounds like they were practically begging us to join. They want us and our skills, me and my me and my friends, of course. They want us to join your team, and we're just, we're deciding still whether or not we should, we should join. Hmm. And he, like, slowly, like, clambers up, so he, you know, stands up, and um, somehow, perfectly still, like, holding his wine and swirling it as he does. Uh, and he, he gives you, he walks around you, just all 360 degrees, walks around you, and then he stops in front of you, kind of hip-jutted to the side. Well, aren't you something to look at? You know, Cousin Marion mentioned that there would be someone that would be a fun project for me, and I think I've found him. Well, if you do choose to join, and yes, how lucky we'll be to have you, and all that stuff, and he kind of rolls his eyes, I would love to see one of my green hoods on you. Look at that frill. Are those real flowers or are they silk? Of course they're real flowers. Come on, from the, to even ask such a question. Come on, of course, look at me. Look at these. Oh, these, these are, I, I grew them myself. And, and, and you're to say that if I joined, I would get one of these green hoods that everyone has? Why, yes. You, you could have one of the... It kind of comes with the starter pack of joining Team Green Hoods, uh, but yes, uh, you get your very own Green Hood. But you, sir, you you don't really have the same get-up. I wonder, would you like to design? I, I, I kind of would like to see your skills at designing. Maybe if we could find some way to fit it in there amongst the plethora of flowers and herbage and frills that I see. Sir, your words are like poetry to me and music. 
I would love to design something. I, a little out of practice, I used to design things for uh, the Featherfoot family. I, if I didn't say, I used to work for the Featherfoot family. Oh. And I would do all of their, uh, of their crafting and designing of clothes and things that they wore. So I know a thing or two about fashion and design. So show me, the, show me what you have already and I can, I can see where you need some improvements perhaps in your design. Step into my office, and he. This is the sassiest conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he he leads you into you know his own um, living area too, and and you can see, kind of like it's it's very spick and span, very much like the opposite of what we saw with Friar Tuck, like everything in its place and a place for everything, Um, and. You see, you know, these swaths of Lincoln green uh, material in different makes. And uh, you see just a work table in the middle of the main area. And with uh, just all the accoutrements of sewing and creation and designing there. Yeah, I think Bertram would be like just like running his metal fingers over all of those kind of fabrics. Even though he couldn't feel the texture necessarily, I think he would still be able to like see the like the kind of material they're made of and if i were to join i don't know if i am or not but if i were to join the 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 green hoods i would have a place of my own like this i would have my own room i can't promise you that but you can come and work in this room i mean we we are well funded to an extent but you know we aren't unlimited in our capacity so if you get your place maybe but i i there's no guarantee of it it when you are marion's cousin and you are the main designer for our logo and everything um you get your own workshop oh oh i, f- I forgot you're your marion's cousin if hmm. <sighs> Before before we dive into pleasure, a, a little bit of business first, if you, if you don't mind. Be honest with me. The Book of Law and Spotted Hands and Pocket Dimensions? It, this is, sounds like nonsense. What, 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 do you, what do you make of all of it? Is it real? What? Are you real? The world we live in does not have robots in positions of butlers or whatever you are much less in any position of authority and here you are asking questions of me i would say that's just as strange in this world so if one is possible which obviously it is from your level of flattery and expertise to what i can see you are magnificently made perhaps you can believe in the others or have you forgotten the world we live in? No. I think you just reminded me of the world that we live in. I just don't know if it's one that I want to be a part of, or if I want to be a part of this part of the world. But it seems like things might be different here. It seems like you all might think differently and might look at people differently and see something deeper within them and who they really are not just what's on the outside. I want to do good in this world, and I want to be a part of something. Tell me, is this green hoods, is this 
something worth being a part of. I believe in it. So Why? much so. I guess it's how we all started. Um, you know, Robin and Marion, they were, well, they were sweethearts as, as when we were younger, but then they lost touch, and then we have Robin showing up with this information about just this local sheriff who had been embezzling money, taking it away from those who needed it and putting it into this account, apparently, that was fueling this other society. And so we came to this anonymous tip-off, and it was good and true, and we were able to put a stop to that. And we were starting to work more with this influx of information, and every single turn it has been accurate and real, like we saw with Frankenstein and like you saw for yourself. So it sounds like even from the beginning, the early days, when you all were growing up together, that you still fought for what was right, and you fought for good, and you tried to help people. Is that, is that accurate? Oh, don't paint me as so much of a hero. It's really just nice to have a place to create and, and be free of any expectations from my family. Speaking of, what, show, me, show me these, these, these hoods. I don't want to take too much of your time. Show me, show me these hoods that you're making. He quirks an eyebrow at you, and you see behind him over his shoulder one of the hoods, uh, one of the p- uh, pieces of Lincoln Green material raise up and start to knit itself together until it is a complete hood and then float slowly back down to the table. If you worked with the Featherfoot family, you know not only fashion, but also creation. Why don't you show me what you can do? Okay, I think I would just kind of run, I think I would start going over and taking, like, colors of fabrics, putting them together, laying them on top of each other. Maybe if there's some pencil and paper nearby, like, for, like, sketching of, like, designs, I think I would kind of very kind of quickly sketch a design and this kind of layout of what it would look like and how it would fit on my head and how it would, where it would come out of and cover my head, but still not disguise my flowers because I'm not going to hide the moneymaker. I'm not going to hide the, <laughs> the beauty. Well, that's a great start, but now can you make it? What do you mean, can I make it? With, with, with a needle and thread? I mean, if you want to be pedestrian, but. No, can you no, not use I'm not magic? pedestrian. I'm not pedestrian. Well, can you use magic then? I mean, I, 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 know, I know mage hand. I could, I could do a little mage hand and maybe I could do something with that. Show me, you, show me do it. Show me do it. Show me do it. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, okay. I need to find my, I need to find my pen real quick. I can only cast through my, through my pen. Hold. You only pass through your... <sighs> Have you not heard of metamagic? Of of course I have. Hmm. Then why are you using a quill? Why are you using any focus? I end up finding it, and it's the quill with a golden feather on it. Well, it's very near and dear to me, and it's my focus. It helps me focus as I cast magic, and my magic emits from this. I I need to concentrate on it. What if I were to tell you that you could concentrate, but you don't need your quill. You don't need to even speak. 
then that's you can that's cast meta-magic? magic non-verbally. Well, it's part of it. It depends on what really serves you, but it really helps if you are, you know, dictating other orders for new incomes of a. Uh, of materials or sipping on a cappuccino and uh, you need to still keep doing your work and there it is, la-di-da. Okay, show me. Show me how I do this. And he takes his goblet and he drinks it and as he keeps eye contact with you, you see yet another piece of green material raise up into the air, sew itself up in a rudimentary fashion, just like a quick one, and then go back down. So yeah, I think seeing that I would just I would I would focus on the materials and everything I've laid out and in the needles and thread and and things that are nearby and I would just not knowing what to do exactly, I would just kind of train my eyes on it and really focus. You're getting there. Now breathe as you do it. Breathe deep and in your mind's eye. I I don't fo- breathe though, but I don't I don't breathe. All right, well, whatever grounds you, I, I don't know what robots use for grounding. Well, I want you, in your mind, to focus on, create another focal point in your mind. It could be, it could be the face of someone that gives you courage. It could mm. be a sound or a snippet of a song in your mind. But you're basically putting a focal point in your mind's eye that you can use then to express your magic. I think after hearing that, Bertram would know exactly who to think about. And he would just, he would nod his head. And then he would focus again and look and really think of that person as he concentrates. The green material flutters at first, pops back down. But then as, as, the, as the face of this person materializes in your mind and you see their soft smile, it raises up again and forms itself into a hood. Not a stylish or fantastically intricate hood, but a recognizable hood nonetheless. And it does stitch, and it does mend, and it comes together before landing back down softly onto the wooden table. Penny, you, you see, you're like, kind of like maybe at the, where are you right now? I don't want to tell you where you are. Uh, I walked away a little bit. I pulled out Pip and I was like, Pip, find food. Pip runs off and leads me to what is straight in front of me, which is the buffet table, which I imagine is where everyone's getting food. I know there are waiters with poppers, but my gut is there's a buffet table of sorts. Okay. Like so a med wall. <laughs> oh, so as you are traveling down this buffet table and gathering up uh, whatever scrumptious things, you know, you're starting to look down at the table and, you know, filling your plate. Um, and at the same time, as you are reaching um, for, let's say it's a, because I love using these all the time, but as you reach down for a, a sausage roll, um, <laughs> uh, you bump into someone to the right of you. And looking up, you see Robin. Oh, goodness. Oh, hey. Uh, sorry. Uh, didn't mean to. Oh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't care. Whatever. I'm just trying to get some sausage rolls. I'll, I'll be out of your way in a sec. Oh, you, you, you're going you gonna to take that last sausage roll? I mean, yes. Uh, I, guess, I guess you can have it, though. I'll share with you. No, Pat. it's, it's fine. fine. No, no. I, I mean, God, I don't know how many I've had before now, but it's all yours. 
Oh, thanks. The mouse, he's hungry. You know, you got got to take care of yours, you know? Uh, Hopefully, hopefully you know that. Do you know that? What? (laughs) You got to take care of yours? You got to take care of your own? I mean, what do you think I'm doing with all the sausage rolls here and stuff and the poppers? Taking care of you. I can't eat all that. It's not just for me. Even you got to know that. That's fair. That's a good point. Can I ask you a question? I guess. What? What do you want to know? And she's already, like, taking a bite in there. And she's like, um, so what, what really, like, bugs you? <clears throat> what really bugs you about us? <clears throat> or I should say, is, is, it, is it me? Is... I mean, it's not you specifically. It's you're also happy and excited. And in my experience, when people are that happy and that excited, it's fake. It's forced. It's manipulated. Um, and it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I'm trying not to make it personal. I know I've had my experiences and it's not everywhere, but I don't trust it. I don't trust it. You know, sometimes when we throw up walls, those walls are opaque and not clear. And we can't really see. Yeah, it's a good wall. Try again, Penny. Look again. And I want you to roll intuition. Is intuition insight? Yes. Okay. I should say roll insight. <laughs> no, no, don't worry about it. Yo, Penny rolled a seven. <laughs> so with that roll, I would say you, you kind of look at her again, and you notice this time, though, that even though her eyes, when they're telling jokes, you know, they're laughing, they're not clear, and there are bags under her eyes. What do you worry about? I know this is very similar. We asked you what you cried about already. But good leaders worry. What are you worrying about? Well, uh, I worry about everybody here. You know, we have most of our group is here, but some of them are still out. And I worry about them. I, and I have every right to. I'm asking them to do things that I wish I could do all by myself, but I have only so many ends that I can burn my candle at. And the other day, one of my worst fears came true. Somebody I care about deeply is hurt, and the other side got him. What happened? My foster son, Crusoe, he... He's good at what he does. I, I, I really am so proud of him, but he got captured by the other side when he was doing an intel for us, and now he's being held at, at one of the prisons. I'm so sorry. That, that is really hard, and that is really heartbreaking. What are you going to do about it? I mean, you can't just... You guys are having a party. You can't just sit here. Is there something you can do? There are a lot of things we can do, and there's a lot of things being done. We have to find a way to infiltrate this prison, and we have to find and create the right team to get in there. But until then, we don't know enough about the other side. And if this is a botched effort, it'll hurt him way more than if we were to actually do our homework and prepare ourselves and send the right people in. Well, like, what kind of info, what kind of info do you need? I was hoping that we'd find it at Frankenstein's. I'll be honest. I was hoping. You know, 
we may look, this isn't promising anything. I'm not, I mean, I know I'm the leader, so I speak, I speak for them, right? So whatever I want or what I decide they're going to go along with, and they're not here to fight me on it. So I can just say that uh, as much as I want. But um, as leader, I'm not committing to anything at all. But I, like you, do believe in a family, whatever kind of family someone can have. And as someone who lost their family or didn't have one and had to choose one and sort of scrabble together a sense of family, I feel for you with your foster son. Yeah, I don't want to see this happen. So I'm not promising anything. I'm not, we're not your recruits yet. That's not... That's not yeah, even on the table I, I, right now. I get now. it. I yeah, get it. let me just say it one more. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I could just say it one more time. We're not your recruits. But maybe, maybe we might have oh, we might have some info. We, really? Don't get mad. Don't get mad. We just didn't know if we could trust you yet. But we might be able to help. And I would like to help you with your foster son. That's it. But I would like to help you with your foster son. His family is really important, and taking care of those you love is really important. And I can tell how much you care about him because I don't, you've got bags under your eyes. It's not great. You should work on that, but we'll, we'll fix this. And then you can work on that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've looked worse than this and I, <laughs> I respect that you yeah. can admit it. That's, that's pretty brave. Yeah. I mean, when you're on the run for accidentally killing someone, I, yeah. Oh, ooh. you, you, mm. oh, I so want to delve into that. Is this the time? Um, Yes, I do want to delve into that. You killed someone? Tell me everything. I mean, not you that are, I like that. I'm not like excited. Way into, wow. No, I, I just, I, look, I understand. Well, tell me your story. Why don't you earn it first? Catch me. And she pops into her fox form. And, you know, as a werefox, she, she looks at you and she says, you know, see how fast you can climb. Come on. And she goes up the uh, tree. Damn it. She sets Pip on the ground and then just starts going. Because, you know, an extra weight. You don't want that. So. Um, and Penny just runs up and takes a flying leap and jumps into the tree and starts going. Um, and she starts climbing. And as you climb, you notice, like, specific, uh, kind of like a route that she's taking, even just as a fox form. And you'll notice like you didn't see this before, but there are different handholds and there are different ways to do it. And uh, you start to follow suit. And as you do so, you notice that you're climbing faster and you're looking at this tree now as almost a network, um, even within the bark that where it's clear to see ways to get across on the swinging bridges and the rappel lines and everything with that, you still now see a way up that you had not even noticed before because you weren't looking for it. So she comes to rest at a, a higher branch and pops back into her half-elven form and is sitting there and is just belly laughing as you get up there. Like, got some moves. You really, you really do make a good thief, don't you? I try. <laughs> um... But I'm, I'm trying to leave. I'm trying to leave that behind. So that's the trying. Trying to leave that behind. I get it. You know, I, I have a thieving past too. And it <laughs> came in handy. And it comes in handy now when you think about it. When I'm trying to almost steal something before the other side does. So I'm trying to put that to good use. 
it's hard, right? When you're good at something, when you're just, when you're really good at something and everyone loves that you're good at it, but except the cops because they hate it uh, because it's legal. Oh, the sheriffs, Um, you know, they they get you. um, And I'm always wrestling with that, like, do what you're good at or be disreputable and have fun. And, uh, and also a sense that I just want to fit in and I want to be like everyone else. I don't want to have to worry about these things. I just want to be like a good person and thieving does not make that easy. It's not a good life for that. So oh, it's, a, it's a gray area. I'll give you that. Mm. But anyways, earlier, I guess I'll hold up on that. Yeah. What's your story? My my story is is much too long to just relate to you. And, and I don't know you that well yet, but I can tell you this. I I was a thief and was in a nice area for when I was longer, but I loved just I don't know, just the klepto life for a bit. And so I I left home, left Marion, left our friends and uh, went adventuring around, but got into a bad spot and was faced up against, you know, I wanted to work on my own. I was kind of like a lone wolf and a rival gang, I guess, just did not like the work I was doing, threatened me and I'm a pretty good shot with bows, but really it was one of those where tried to tackle me the grip on my bow slipped and that arrow rang true i killed a man when i didn't have to and i ran penny just sits there really quietly and is trying to hide that there's like a couple of tears uh falling but you know tries to just play it off it's like wow that really sucks yeah it does. I clearly, I clearly couldn't relate to that at all, at all. Um, hmm. But thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. And just as the silence between you two starts to get, you know, a little bit more settled and comfortable, you hear below you at the foot of the tree a loud horn sound, and then the sound of Marion shouting, "It's time to start the tournament." Who's going to join? The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's a tale of learning and healing. We've got a whole province going to see one overworked witch in a candy cottage that's been chewed to pieces by the local kids. Of fairies and magic. You're touching the sapphire of assessment! I'm not touching it! I'm just putting my head near it as I focus my brainial waveforms on it. Stop it! I'm not even touching it! Of struggle against the odds. This is my team. They may not live up to your vision of a perfect, efficient department. They don't live up to my vision of a stampede in a barnyard. Ooh, kingly. That's how you know it's working. And now, it returns at last. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, Season 2. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, from Fable and Folly. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts.
or look us up at fableandfolly.com. <laughs>